Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. And this is Adrian Kennedy in for Andrea today and tomorrow. Now, with dynamics around remote and hybrid working seemingly set to shift forever in the coming months, our Ask the Expert slot uh, will seek to explore your queries around rights in the modern workplace. If you have any questions that you'd like us to put to our expert this afternoon, you can call us on 1800 453 106 or you can text us on 53106. Now, I'm uh, delighted to say joining us um, uh, to deal with this is uh, Caroline Reedy, Managing Director of the uh, HR Suite, uh, also a HR and Employment Law expert. Uh, Caroline, good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Live. Thanks so much. Now, Caroline, there's a little bit of a delay on our line, so we'll, we'll bear with it. Firstly, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the changes that are coming on stream in terms of remote working and how these developments might affect people going forward? So it's all good news anyway, which is great. Um, we have legislation coming later this year, which we're patiently waiting for, which is going to give people the right to request remote working. But for most organisations ahead of that coming, they've put in place really proactive policies to facilitate people to have either full remote working or a hybrid model uh, of remote working. And I think for many, this is one of the really positive new ways of working now. And is it's one of the ones that we're seeing lots more throughout the country and in different types of employments. I was actually I mentioned this on uh, on News Talk the other day. I was speaking with a bank um, executive in one of the banks the other day I rang and uh, she answered the phone and she was working from uh, home. You could hear her dog barking in the background and everything else. And I was quite surprised, actually, that she was uh, still working from home. Uh, and when I asked her about it, she said, oh, no, I, I want to stay working from home for forevermore. Will she have the right to demand that, basically? She will have the right to request it and ultimately then if the employer can facilitate it, they're expected to facilitate it unless they have good reasons. So reasons like not um, suitable broadband, the type of work she's doing is too confidential, um, you know, that she doesn't have the correct setup ergonomically at home. She might be in shared accommodation. It just may not suit, but it needs to be an objectively justified business reason And it sounds like the example you've given is very suited to remote working. The employer can request you to come in, for example, every so often. And hybrid is where many people are landing for that reason. So for training, for collegiality, for social connectedness, for collaboration type work, many want some element of being in the office. And employees like that connection as well with their colleagues and, you know, that being in the office change of scenery piece. But for many, it's um, definitely, I, I can see that lady definitely continuing that pattern of work going forward, uh, whether that's a hybrid or full-time remote. Okay, so I mean, the, the pandemic certainly uh, changed uh, workplace practices. You know, working remotely, working from home is, is a term that very few of us had ever heard of before uh, COVID-19 uh, came along. Leo Varadkar was um, in a blaze of glory last year, was claiming that, you know, workers are going to have uh, all sorts of rights for working from home but in, in terms of legislation nothing has actually come through yet sure it hasn't 
We've got a draft bill, so we know what we can expect. And, you know, we've touched on some elements of it there already, um, but it hasn't been published yet. But it should be imminent at this stage because, as I say, employers have kind of, you know, proactively taken the approach that if they want to attract and retain staff, giving them that flexibility and giving them remote and hybrid is essential now because if you don't and they can get it somewhere else, they're going to leave to get it because many people like the lady you used in that example, they've got very used to it and it suits their life. It suits their family. It suits their hobbies. It The fact fuel prices are increasing, they don't have to do the commute. I think we're going to see more people requesting remote working if they haven't already for all of those reasons. Okay, stay with me uh, for one second, if you can, please, because I have uh, Stephen on the line. Uh, Stephen, what is your query? Is what's the minimum requirement that the employer has to give you to cancel a leave they've approved? Well, that's a good question. What's the minimum um, if you want to cancel an already approved uh, leave day? In other words, what are you getting at, Stephen? Can you say to your boss the day before you were due to take off uh, a day, oh, actually, I don't want it today? No, say no from the employer. Just say if I decide I want to take a week off at the ending of August and I had plans to go to Donegal or Timbuktu. But then if on, say, the 15th of August, the employer comes back and says, oh, we want to cancel this. You have. Oh, to sorry, it. you're talking about from the employer's point yeah. of view. Okay, that's an interesting question. Um, what rights does an employer have to cancel your holiday that they'd already approved? Okay, so it's a great question, Stephen. And first things, the employee needs to give 30 days notice to their employer officially in terms of holidays they want to take. And ultimately, I suppose, the idea of holidays are they are once they're approved the idea is with rest and recuperation and with business requirements people are being as reasonable as they can but once they're approved they're approved and oh after that it's a negotiation there's no legislative uh, framework that protects it's the organization the working time act that looks after holidays and there's nothing that says holidays should should or can be cancelled reasonableness has to kick into gear there and I would say based on your example most people when they've got their very precious holidays penciled into the diary they go and they make their plans and unless there's very extraordinary circumstances the employer really shouldn't be uh, cancelling them from a morale and a you Mm. know a positivity perspective but there's no legal basis because I would say that would be very much the exception for that to occur. Can I ask you, uh, Stephen, is this a hypothetical question or is this something that you're actually dealing with? It's just uh, hypothetical because I've heard of it happening before. It's like if you just take tomorrow off and you have no real plans, there's no real issue. But I know someone, say, who had flights booked to go abroad to another country. Mm. And now all of a sudden it's cancelled. But it wouldn't be covered by the travel insurance that they're either losing out on the money or the employers giving out to them and kind of giving them bad morale. No, I, I actually know somebody that that happened to uh, myself who'd booked a whole uh, holiday around uh, a wedding and then had it uh, had the holiday time cancelled by their employer. Anyway, thanks very much indeed, Stephen. Let me go to uh, Frankie. Frankie, what is your question for our expert this afternoon? Good afternoon, Carolyn. My question to you is, I work in the festival seasons as staff event. I'm a security personnel. 
And my question is, a lot of times in in the festivals, you'll work an 18-hour day. It's very, very common. Is there a minimal amount of time I could get for a rest before my next 18-hour shift? Absolutely. And again, a really great question. Um, the it, It's illegal to work an 18-hour shift without getting a break, first of all. Um, under Irish legislation, people are entitled to, um, after you work four and a half hours, you're entitled to a 15-minute break. After you work six hours, you're entitled to a half-hour break. And that can include the 15 minutes that we mentioned already. But a shift should normally be you know, 11 hour, like there should be an 11 hour break between when you finish this shift and you start the next shift. So there's no, I suppose, obviously an exception is an exception. You know, if, for example, you were covering or, you know, there was an exception that your shift might be extra long, but a typical shift being um, 18 hours, that's not typical. And from a health and safety and a well-being perspective, I'm sure you'll agree that doesn't really work um, from that point of view either. Hmm. Hence why the breaks are um, a legal obligation to facilitate employees to get that opportunity to recharge. All right, Frankie, thanks very much indeed for your uh, question. This one came in to us on text and it says, uh, I work part time, but never on a Monday. Am I entitled to bank holiday Monday payment? Asked Jack. You absolutely are. Um, you're entitled to all the nine public holidays pro rata to the hours you work. And if oh, you so, don't it, work so it doesn't matter if you never work a Monday? It doesn't matter if you never work a Monday. You're still entitled to your bank holidays for all of the nine pro rata to the hours you work. So that sounds like that would be good news for that uh, listener uh, because based on the question that they're asking, it doesn't sound like they're getting it. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't sound like they've ever asked about it either. Uh, But you're saying it is a question worth asking. A hundred percent. And it's a legal obligation to get your public holidays. Um, And obviously we have the positive news now that uh, we have a new public holiday uh, coming in effective from, it was Paddy's this year weekend, but from next year, it's going to be St. Bridget's Day. So instead of nine, we're going to have 10 going forward. And and for people who don't know, that will be on the first Monday of, of February. Is that right? St. Bridget's Day, I think it's the 1st or the 2nd of February off the top of my head, Um, but it's early February. Yeah, all right, very good. Now, finally, uh, can an employer based in the Republic refuse someone based in Northern Ireland that is willing to work on a hybrid model and travel to Dublin? I've been told it's down to tax implications, but surely there is a one Ireland policy. Um, That is not the case, I'm afraid. Um, There isn't a one Ireland policy. Um, Unfortunately, it's outside of the jurisdiction. There's different tax and there's different employment law obligations outside of the um, Republic. Um, So that is something that that employee would need to check out from a revenue perspective and an employment law perspective. Uh, I empathise greatly with them because um, that 90 days outside of the jurisdiction seems super harsh when you're only up the road uh, versus somebody who might be all the ways down in Kerry, for example. But um, that is a factor mm. that the employer and the employee need to consider because there's obligations for both of them in that regard. And all of that has been made even more difficult by Brexit, obviously. Absolutely. Mm. It's definitely something that isn't straightforward. 
All right, uh, Caroline, I really appreciate you uh, joining us on the programme and answering all those uh, questions. Caroline Reedy is Managing Director of the uh, HR Suite and also HR and Employment Law Expert. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Caroline, for joining us on this afternoon's Lunchtime Live. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.